Welcome to It's All Fine and Dangy, where we talk about community, culture, and all of the big and little things that make life good. Here are your hosts, Dan and Angie. Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode 110 of the It's All Fine and Dangy podcast. We are rolling, rolling, rolling from 100. It seems like 100 was a long time ago, but... It goes so fast, we'll be yeah. doing 200 before you know it. I know. I'm already planning a big party for that because it's going to be fun. Well, I am super excited to bring you our guest today, or we are super excited to bring you our guest today. Um, we heard about you from some very special people. Lisa and Hugh Kent over at King Grove Organic Farms. And I am super excited to share what you are bringing to the table with our audience, because this is some very interesting stuff. So we have Shanti Pierce here, and she is the owner of Bamboo Leaf Tea right here in Orlando, right in our backyard. And we are going to talk today about some very interesting facts about bamboo, not only growing it, but consuming it as well. So thank you so much, Shanti, for joining us. Yes, thank you for joining us. Oh my gosh, thank you for having me. I'm super excited. It's my favorite topic. Oh, oh well, I can imagine. yeah. <laughs> but we are excited when we can find places like yours right here locally. I mean, there's so many, we always talk about this. There's so many things in our backyard that we haven't even discovered yet. It's like, what else is there out there? And this is just super exciting. So I am so excited to, to learn lots of information today. As I told you before the show, before we started recording, I tried to hold off on reading too much on the website today because I'm like, no, I want to learn it in person. So I am going to be like a sponge right now. I'm just going to tell you that. That's awesome. Yeah, And one more shout out to Hugh and Lisa because we wouldn't have found you without them. That's, That's where we right. found out about your tea the last time we were there. I so. have it in the cupboard. I should have made some to have oh, tonight, that, actually. That's <laughs> what we should have been sipping right here. Yes. yes, we should have. But, you know, I was rushing and, you know, just getting off work. And so yeah, yeah. I would have had to ice it, of course. And I'm, I do tend to like my tea hot most of the time. So in true fine and dangy fashion, we like to get to know a little bit about our guests. So tell us what you would like to share with us about yourself personally. Well, my journey coming here was I came here to work at Animal Kingdom. I worked for Walt Disney Imagineering. Yes. I was, yeah, (laughs) it was an amazing, I mean, it's my two favorite things, plants and animals. And I was the bamboo and ornamental grass specialist on that project. So I opened Africa and Asia and, you know. How long ago was that? I'm curious. Do you know Martin Vandersanden by chance? I don't think so. Okay. He was like one of the horticulturalists. (laughs) guys there for for years but i'm sure there's a million yeah, people there. it's yeah. been a while too <laughs> so yeah. I'm, i may have forgotten that's really cool though <laughs> yeah so i worked there until 98 was you know because the asia i worked warranty after asia opened so i was there about four years total um but i mean what an amazing project and yeah. like so quintessential like central florida and just working with the top storytellers in the world. Oh, yes. You know? Amazing. I am a huge like, Disney fan. Everybody's guy, always like, really? If but you look behind you yeah. on the wall. The Haunted Mansion paintings up there. Do you see that? But yeah. 
Yeah. So <laughs> interesting fact, I had never been to Disney before I started working there. Wow. wow. Where did you move? Did you move down here to work with Disney? Yes. And where'd you move from? Um, I moved from Maryland at that point, but I've lived pretty much everywhere. Oh, I was, wow. I've lived, I was born in India. I've lived in England. I've lived in Switzerland. I've lived all over the United wow. States. So, so I've lived cool. in Florida the longest. Florida's the longest. So you fell in love with the Sunshine State yeah. once you well, got here? <laughs> I love what I can grow. Oh, yeah. And we're a really art community. So like the mm-hmm. combination of being like you know, what you can grow agriculturally along with like being so artistic and so mm. culturally diverse. Oh, we love that too. That's, that's what, what one of love. our favorite, that's one of the things we do on the show is we interview artists. It's one of our favorite mm-hmm. things to do. So yeah, I would agree with you there. Plus I'm assuming maybe one of the differences with what you can grow is you can grow it year round, right? Which in a lot of places you can't. Right. So we're considered a subtropical. Right. Um, And so we can grow a lot of things. And actually now we're growing a lot more into the tropical zones as Mm. well, too, because we're not getting the cold temps that we used to get. Yeah, Yeah. because we're not doing the freezes as much, right? Yes, I knew it was getting hotter. I knew it wasn't just me getting older. (laughs) Well, I'm getting older and I feel, I feel some changes. So I'm like, what is going on? Yeah. Yeah. So when did you come to Florida? Um, I came here in, uh, I think it was 95 or 94. Oh, very nice. Yeah. Very nice. Well, you're local now. That's what we say, you know. (laughs) Yeah. Once you've been here for so many years. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) So, so how did you learn so much about bamboo? Was that being at Animal Kingdom? Um, so I, I worked for, uh, my mentor was a guy who was the ornamental grass specialist and mm. he introduced most of the ornamental grasses to the United States, which was really amazing. So, oh wow! but then coming here, it was like a whole different scheme of plants. Yeah. So I yeah. went from Northern plants to, you know, tropical plants, which is like, it, it's a whole different gig. So, yeah. I, um, it was kind of like, you just relearn everything from the ground up again. Right. But I mean, plants as plants as plants. Yeah. So did you learn most of that knowledge from your mentor? Did you go to school for horticulture? It's just self-taught and on the job. Hands on. That's the best. (laughs) That's how you learn. Really? Let's be real people. No disparagement to like college (laughs) and stuff. You can be book smart. And then when you get out in the field, that's not really the way these things grow or this in this soil, it's different or whatever. So to me, there's almost more value in doing it yourself. Yeah. Yeah, And I think it's really important to, you know, find the people who know what they're talking about Mm -hmm. and spend time with them. Or like I've learned a lot online from people who I really trust as being, you know, that know what they're talking about. And I've done a lot of studying in that way. Mm -hmm. And I read a lot of books. Yeah. I read probably at least one book a week. Wow. Wow. That's impressive. I'm, and I'm always listening to a book too. So I kind of it's, like do too. Isn't that great the that they time. do that now though? Oh, I, I mean, love it. So, yeah. you know, when you are out doing the physical work that you have mm-hmm. to do on the farm, you can pop in a headphone and listen yeah. to it. While it's amazing. While you're driving, while you're working, while you're doing anything. I mean, I'm always listening to a book. Yeah, Is it always educational? No, I do a lot of novels too. Okay, me too. <laughs> me too. I, just, I, I listen to books all the time and I'm sitting here thinking, wow, I feel bad because mine are usually like stories or something. Yeah. I find that if it's an educational book, sometimes I have trouble absorbing it while I'm doing something else. Yes. You know? Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, I have a question about Animal Kingdom. So when you were brought on um, to kind of develop this look of what they were going for, did you, um, you needed to bring the knowledge of like how 
long is it going to take a plant to grow a certain height? Because they were probably looking for all of that. So walk us through a little bit of what, you know, what it entailed from you to get that look that they were kind of searching for. Right. So when you work with plants, it's like being an artist with your plants as your medium. Sure. So it's it's exactly that way. Mm. It's just you have an idea. You know what that plant's going to look like in three years and five years and 10 years, because unlike a painting, it's always constantly changing and it's interacting with the other things around it. And so all that interfacing, you have to kind of take into consideration. Mm. But once you know how that all works, you know, you kind of see it progress and you know what it's going to look like down the that's road. That's interesting. Yeah. Your ability to to picture that, I mean, that's part of your skill, right? That you yeah. know the plant, but your ability to look at a space and go, you know, in two to three years, this is going to look like this. Right. That That's critical for that. that. And that comes with experience. Like a right. new mm-hmm. person in the business wouldn't be able to do. That's, I guess, what like those apps are for that kind of, allow you to, you know, like the landscaping apps, if you want to do your yard or something, but being able to look at the space and just know this is going to grow this big, this is going to be, that's impressive. And And that's right up Disney's alley for sure. Well, and and, excuse me, bamboos are really special because there are, I think 1,742 known species right now. And they range everywhere from about four inches tall to like over a hundred feet tall. So it's a, and when they're little, a lot of them look very similar when they're small. So you you better know what you're doing. So, you know, knowing, you know, walking into a space and seeing what type of bamboo it's where it's planted. I mean, if you have a hundred foot tall bamboo and you've got it right up slap next to your house, you know, that's got to (laughs) go, you know, sure. So those kind of things like with bamboos and grasses, grasses, not so much because they're relatively small and you can, you know, dig them out. But if you're talking like a big bamboo, that's a lot of work. I, I have done that. I bought a house in Sanford's historic district many years ago and it had these big huge out of control they were completely out of control bamboo bushes so we had to have them removed and Mm. it was like a crater a huge massive crater they had to dig out to get rid of the roots but I guess it's important to know that even like at Disney of course because you want to know the growth patterns and stuff but even if you're getting bamboo in your yard or something because some of it is like invasive, isn't it? And some of it's not. Yeah. So when we talk about invasive, we're talking about something that's put into a space that it's really not designed for. Ah. And and I like to think of it more along that line, as opposed to the plant actually being like an aggressive monster type of thing, because there's a lot of uses for bamboo where we want something that's really aggressive. For instance, Mm -hmm. like at Animal Kingdom, we had a forage nursery. So almost every animal at Animal Kingdom eats bamboo as part of their forage and being able to grow that is a huge thing now for people who have animals they know that um feeding animals is really, really expensive. And so using bamboo for forage, and I'm even just talking about someone's pet bunny, you know, like, you know, you can use it for all of that. And so being able to know what you can use it for, you know, all of a sudden you can flip that, that, you know, invasive kind of invasive word. Mm. And because now it's usable and you don't have enough of it, you know, if you see it as medicinal and useful, then it no longer becomes invasive because now you want to go looking for it. Right. Right. And so bamboo, like I like to talk about bamboo as like almost like a social equalizer too, because 
here in Florida, for sure, almost everybody should have access to bamboo. And because it's so medicinal, it has the ability, you know, where everybody can go out and use it. Like medicine shouldn't be just for rich and famous and especially like these really expensive herbal products that oftentimes aren't worth anything. They just have a really good label. But if you know how to make your own medicine and to go out, and even if you don't have bamboo in your yard or you live in a condo, but the neighbor down the street has it, more than likely they're not upset about you knocking on their door and asking for some. Yeah. They're usually like, please take as much take as some. you want. Yeah. And plus because right. it grows so fast. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's one of, you know, it can be one of the fastest mm. growers depending on which ones you're talking about. I guess that's probably what a lot of people mean by invasive too. So right. they put it in a little tiny spot mm-hmm. and it needs more space Sure, and it starts and growing over top of other things. Right. And then they think it's being aggressive. Right. Oh. And so in that context, what I'm thinking of, that's more of like a design flaw right. than it is a problem for the plant. Yeah, right? I get it. Because yeah. it's really the placement of the plant that's the issue, not the plant yeah. itself. We should have you look at this little spot in our backyard before we were, you leave. It's funny because we were talking about putting bamboo Yeah, up. we, yeah. we want to put bamboo there, but I just want to make sure it's a good spot or whatever. It's yeah, important right. to know because... Yeah. Well, and there's ways to maintain that too. Yeah. And that's what's true. We live in a subtropical area. Mm-hmm. So things like we tend to like, I remember reading like way back when somebody said the difference between living up north and living in a subtropical or tropical area is you garden with a machete versus like (laughs) I understand because everything grows yeah we have a longer growing season we we have a lot of rain Mm -hmm. we we're really abundant in that kind of you know growth which is amazing so how do we use that to the best of our ability yeah um on the other hand there's ways that we can maintain things for instance like topping a bamboo is also root printing it so it keeps it in check. So if you mm. keep it hedged, which has become very popular now, it actually keeps the roots from growing as wide too. That so makes it keeps total it sense. More because the, it makes sense because we learned this from um, Hugh and Lisa because the roots are probably needing to spread spread out more underground mm-hmm. to get more nutrients for all the growth up top. So by pruning it, look at me using my education from our guests. <laughs> and here I was just thinking that if you take a plant out of a okay. pot and put it in the ground, there are plants that will only get so big in a pot because of the, they can only right. go so far yeah. for their nutrients. Well, so. and it's also like, you know, the soil is kind of our last frontier of what we're learning right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Soil biology and the way that plants communicate with each other oh, it's crazy. is absolutely phenomenally beautiful. Yes. You could Just, never learn everything so there is to learn it's about like an, it. It's yeah. a whole alien culture in a different universe is what it's yeah. like when Hugh was telling us about it, it the intelligence there. And I just watched this, what most people would think is a boring documentary on trees and how different different kinds of trees, they've learned that if they remove one tree, the other tree yeah. starts getting sick because they partner up yeah. with each other. For, Symbiotic so the, relationship. the communication yeah. of roots and right. soil and all that stuff is it's so fascinating to me. There's a great book called Overstory, which is a novel. If you haven't read it, everybody right. should read it. It's kind of like... So the first book was the, um, there's a book called The Secret Life of Trees. I have heard that title. That one. And then before that, there was a book, um, 
Oh, and then there was another one about trees, and then there was Overstory. I'm not going to remember the second one. But anyway, Overstory is the novel version of it, right. and it has amazingly beautiful passages about trees, mostly northern trees and Douglas firs and stuff like yeah. that, but it's beautiful. Oh, it sounds amazing. We'll put a link in the show notes to that, too. Um, so in 1998, you started your own bamboo farm, right? Yes. This is one of those short questions that probably have a big answer, but what did that entail for you? Mm. So I bought a piece of property near Disney, actually, and um, basically I bought your typical Florida five acres. Like it was just grass, a few Mm -hmm. pine trees. I think I bought it in November and by May I couldn't even drive onto it. It was so wet. Oh, (laughs) it was wet. Yeah. So I had to do a lot of um, just remediation around that Mm -hmm. and just drainage and things like that. Um, and then I started collecting bamboos and growing them and, and I wow. have no money. So every little bamboo I bought and then I just waited it for her to grow and then I just <laughs> divided it and kept dividing wow. and kept dividing. And so now, um, my farm is, is slap full of bamboos. It's, oh, wow. Yeah. It's yeah. still that same five acres. Oh yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. very nice. But that's mm-hmm. what you, you intended to do, correct? Yes. You wanted mm-hmm. a bamboo farm. Yes. Very cool. Yeah. Now, um, the medicinal side of it. When did you become interested in that? Was that something that you've been interested in years and you just started kind of delving more into it? Or was it more recently when you, you know, kind of started your farm? Right. Now it was about 15 years ago when I started. And actually when I first started Bamboo Leaf Tea, like I didn't know anything about that. I, I think I had in my mind an idea about using bamboo, um, for edible uses. Yeah. You know, I knew that you could eat bamboo shoots. Most people have eaten bamboo shoots because they've had them at a Chinese restaurant. Yeah. They sure. just mm-hmm. didn't realize that they were from the plant bamboo. Yeah. So they think it's a ba- fancy name for bamboo. it or something. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That it's just called because bamboo gets it's it gets used for a lot of different things, mm-hmm. which is why, like when I originally started my company with bamboo leaf tea, I'm like, I'm gonna be really, really clear about what I'm doing so that there's no confusion yeah. about it, yeah. right? Because there was also at the time I was researching, like I was trying to find any reference at all to anybody using bamboo medicinally. Mm-hmm. And I found like way, this is back when Google used to go like 20 pages or something, yeah. you know, <laughs> I went like 20 pages and there's some remote like reference to a place in Korea, which is actually really, I now know is really well known for mm-hmm. using bamboo and teas. And they had some bamboo tea, um, it was a company that had like a website there or something. And it was just a reference to it. And I was like, okay, now I know it's possible. Yeah. You know, that it's not going to be like poisonous or something, yeah. you know, right. toxic yeah. or something. Cause bamboos have a toxicity to them, the tropical bamboos that you have to so be you need an to know. Yeah. Of. Yeah. So you have to have an awareness of, um, it's mainly concentrated in the shoots. So the leaves and the plants that I use are called bambusas. Um, the bambusas, have none. If you go to like the runners up north, Philistakis and stuff like that, you can actually eat their shoots raw. They have so little of it in there. Oh, wow. So that's the big difference. I always tell people, I'm like, don't hate on the runners because <laughs> you can eat the shoots raw, you know, oh, wow. or with very little cooking. And yeah. oftentimes, yeah. What does the cooking do? Get rid of that toxic? Yeah. So it's called a cyanic glycoside, which is a type of sugar, but it's, it basically is a toxin. And because of the shoot, 
is basically the baby calm, the calm meaning the stock, mm. that what happens is it's all concentrated in there. So it's a concentrated form of the plant. And so the cyanic glycosides, as you get more tropical, and each one is a little bit different, mm. um, in general, the more tropical they are, the more they have, but not necessarily. And then that's all heat dissipated. Okay. So tea is kind of the easiest one because even if there was any, you would never have you're any right because now. you're, right, you're heating it, it right. And the one that's thing about le- bamboo is that it needs to be heated because it's a grass. It's so fibrous. There's yeah. actually fiber in the ba- in the tea that it has to be heated to break that order down. to break it mm. down in order to get any kind of nutrients. Yeah. Yeah. So it That's... took me a couple of years to kind of hack around and just try and figure out how to make the tea, like what to do with it. And, um, so that's the first thing you really started with mm-hmm. was the tea. Yeah. So what does the process look like behind that? Is it drying? Is it like, how do you get it to the consumable form? Right. So the easy, what I tell, what I usually say to people is like the easiest way is if you have bamboo, cause it's usually what people want to know is like, how do I make my own tea? You can just simply take leaves off the plant, put them in water, boil them, done. That's it. You can do that. And that can be used as a tea. It can be used as a hair rinse. It can be used for your skin. It can be used, um, you know, to soak your feet in. You can do so many different things. These are the things that. that I, some of the things I was reading on yeah. the website that Feed I was it to your dogs. blown away by. Yeah. Give the, it to your animals. The benefits of it. So, right. so by drinking the tea, you're going to get, you can use it on, you know, for all these different things, but what are some of the benefits, like the health benefits that come from it? Right. So bamboo, what it's known for is that it has the highest amount of silica of any plant. And silica, that's like, uh, for like digestive, isn't it? Yeah, it can be for digestive because basically what it does is it forms like a soluble fiber inside the digestive lining. So Uh. that's where you get like the digestive um, yeah. uses for the bamboo tea, which in Asia can be traditionally used as like either before or after a meal to help with digestion. Mm, okay. Smart. Mm-hmm. Cause yeah. it forms like a gel. So, you know, yeah. it helps with IBS. It helps with ulcers. Cause it's actually like that raw lining. If when people get really stressed or whatever, those the cause of like their digestive issues, yeah. then it can like just really soothe that inside mm-hmm. by coating it. And then it slows down the digestive process and it actually makes the nutrients that you take in more bioavailable to you can be absorbed better as well. So right. basically I guess this, the less smart version of that is that first for my brain to process that is by, by eat or drinking the bamboo, it's allowing other food that you eat to actually get into your system better. Correct. Right. Correct. And silica is a binder. So what's really fascinating is like whether you use it. And when I talk about silica, usually silica like manifested in a physical form is bamboo. It's like strength and flexibility of every single cell. So the reason Mm. that bamboo can grow so big and so strong, and yet like in a hurricane, it'll flip back and forth between one side or the other, is the silica. That's what's giving it all of that strength. So it's doing that to every Mm. single cell of your body. When you consume it. So I would think it would be really good for your skin and your hair is one of the things that you did mention is because it gives that strength. It makes your hair grow like crazy. 
Oh my gosh. And and when I first started out, I was like, I would tell people, I'm like, just try it for 30 days. Just try it for 30 days. You know, go out, find one in your yard, go into someone else's yard, take some leaves, make yourself some tea. And if you're not a tea drinker, that's okay too. Put it in your food. Use it like like, a salad or something. Well, like how you would an herb, like put it in your stews, put it in your soups, put it in your rice, put it in your pasta you have to water. Cook, you have to cook it to right. break it down. That's right. Is okay. It, does it pretty much flavorless? Like, does it go right into the food or does it have a flavor? It has like a light, sweet green flavor, but what's nice about it is it really pairs well with just about anything. Mm, it's pretty versatile. It's oh, really nice. versatile because it's so mild flavored. Um, that it really does. So you can use it in so many different ways. But yeah, it'll make your hair, silica is makes your hair grow really well. Um, it's a building block of collagen. So it's for that. It helps to, there's tons of studies that show about um, the rate of healing bones by using silica as a supplement because not only does bamboo have silica, but it also has all these other minerals as well. So it's like, a, it's a mineral wow. um, supplement essentially. Wow. And so, but silica alone, you know, just taking in silica mm-hmm. will help, you know, with osteoporosis, it helps like heal um, broken bones twice as fast. So it's doing wow. all of these things. And what's really cool is that if you use it like for your dog mm-hmm. or if you use it for your plants, it's kind of doing the same thing. So it's making other nutrients more bioavailable. It's helping heal skin conditions and, and for a dog, like you think of like their coat, their yeah. skin, their digestive issues, things like that. Mm-hmm. It's giving them a mineral supplement, which most of our foods are mineral deficient. Yes, of course. Yeah. So what, with the plants, that. that was interesting though. So what do you do? You would just brew up like a tea yes. and then maybe cool it and then water yeah. your plants with it basically? Yeah. So basically, wow. and with the plants, what's really fun is that it's kind of doing the same thing. It's a nutrient binder, so it helps make other nutrients more bioavailable. It's actually strengthening the exterior of the plant, helping it make it more structural, getting it past the baby phase. The cannabis industry, who like researches everything Mm -hmm. on how to grow plants because their industry is so money oriented. They have done a ton of research on using silica for baby plants because it helps ward off fungal diseases. It helps ward off um, pests, insects. And the University of Florida has done tests on um, also on orange groves using it there. So it's like a natural uh, pesticide pesticide in a way. Yeah. What it does is it's making the plant stronger. Yeah. Making the human stronger, Mm. making the animal stronger. And by doing that, then your own immune system is able to ward off other things. That is really cool. Wow, that is very cool. You said, um, back to the flavor thing for a minute, you said it's a very mild flavor. I guess that's why it ties in good with the blueberry leaves. Yeah. Oh. Because it sort of accents the blueberry flavor and is that kind of how you were you already mixing these flavors before you met with you and Lisa and said, hey, let's try to make some blueberry tea out of this? I like to I like to make tea out of everything. Yeah. <laughs> like, Let me see that plant. I make tea out of everything. So I imagine so. that means you've come up with some amazing teas and some teas. You're like, I'm never making this again. 
I almost will drink very much. Really? Okay. I, because her mind is thinking of the benefits. It's super benefits. medicinal, right? Yeah. yeah. Super, you know, blueberry leaves are super medicinal. And they have, what's really fun about making tea from blueberry leaves is they have kind of an astringency, like um, more along the lines of like uh, green tea mixed with like an oolong, something like that. Okay. Um, the leaf is actually very similar to making tea from like Camellia sinensis, the actual tea plant. Um, so being Bamboo pairs really well with that because mm. it actually softens it. Oh, okay. Right? So, and traditionally, Ayurvedic medicine, Chinese medicine have used bamboo in all sorts of things, but they've always used it in what I call in formulation, meaning that they use it in conjunction with other things. So if they have a digestive formula, it gets bamboo. If you have a tea, you know, a hair, skin and nails formula, it gets bamboo. Like, yeah. Everything can use bamboo because bamboo ha- is so versatile and also it's a catalyst making other things more bioavailable. So it's and, always used in conjunction. And that goes back to that whole invasive discussion because if you can use it in everything, it's beneficial to plants and animals in almost everything that you want it to grow as fast as You need possible. a lot of it now. Wow. Yeah. All of a sudden you don't have enough. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you um, partnered partnered with um with Hugh and Lisa mm-hmm. at King Grove is there other farms that you partner with like how how are you kind of getting involved with other farms in the community and letting them know what you have to offer um so I'm a part of a couple of different amazing groups one is the um permaculture group here in Florida and we have two Um, we have an annual conference every year that we meet. And then we also have a regional conference every year. And um, that's a really amazing group of growers. We have some amazing growers in Florida that are doing absolutely, you know, cutting edge. Yeah, we've had, we've had some amazing, she's, she knows. We need that list. Charlie, (laughs) Charlie from Compost, Lee from Fleet Farming. So that, I mean, obviously all of you are networking together because you have the same end goal in mind. It's a big filter. Yeah. There's not a lot of us and we all know each other. Yeah. So, (laughs) and it's great because we can, you know, we're all really excited about the possibilities of like building soil or, you know, different types yeah. of farming and how do you do things better? How do you do things with more consciousness and how do you do it along the lines of more nutrition and, you know, all these different things. Yeah. So we're always constantly learning from each other, which is, and pushing each other. Yeah. Right. And what, and what I love is you're always willing to share with other people yeah. so that, you know, just educating people. Right. Um, Not just other farmers, no, but just, right. yeah. you know, Joe Average, you're going to grow a, a garden in my backyard or whatever. Right. Because, I mean, here's the thing. Like, I get so much of the opposite of like, I just want the bamboo gone. I don't want to, you know, just, you know, the the negative side of it. But if people just knew that you could flip the dialogue into how useful it could be, or maybe that it could heal something that was going on with them that they really struggled with, like all of a sudden they would see the plant differently. And that's so true for so many plants that we have here, like our native plants and things like that. 
um, there's so many uses for them, but we just don't know. We, we don't have the knowledge and we haven't learned about that. I mean, those are yeah. things that they should be teaching you in high school, right? I agree. We, we're inclined to develop, 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 come in with mm-hmm. your piece of land, scrape it down to nothing and then put a bunch of plants yeah. and stuff back that it's one of the reasons that you can't eat. Right. Yeah. But can't even, do anything even when with. we redid our grass, that's why one of the reasons we tried to do a grass that was native to Florida, because we yeah. don't want to do pesticides and mm-hmm. make a fake environment. And we've had to, you know, we've had to do some things to keep it alive, but I, I love the idea of having, yeah. Angie, you've talked about like a, 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 a food forest. Food, I was going to say forage forest, but it's a food forest, right? Kind of. <laughs> but those kind of things where it's all native stuff, it's all stuff right. that grows here anyway, you can eat it, but it still looks good in your yard kind yeah. of thing. Well, even if it's not native, I mean, I love the idea of native, but because we are subtropical, we can grow so many, yeah. so many well, I guess different when I fruits say and native, veggies. Yeah, good yeah. point. I meant stuff you don't have to keep hitting with chemicals to keep it alive. Of course. Yes. You know. A lot of the um, Asian vegetables do really well here. Yeah, I would see that. Yeah. Um, a lot of the Indian ones as well. Mm. things that you you know where we need to look to is not looking to like what they're growing in england but what are they growing in vietnam in similar climates similar climates yeah exactly yeah so or central america but yeah and and i really think for a lot of people is like people are busy right yeah so what are the things that you're spending the money on or that really hold value for you and oftentimes those are things that are medicine oriented Mm. i mean those are things that we spend a lot of money on we focus a lot on we spend a lot of our time on yep so if you can grow a few things that are related to improving your health dramatically that's your best use of your time sure your garden not like you know chemiloning your yard you know but spend the money on something that is really benefiting you and it's not only like with bamboo for instance and other plants too but what i like to say with bamboo is like you're planting this perennial vegetable right so it's pretty it's a pretty hands-off plant Mm -hmm. you know and then you're constantly every year going to get a yield yield back from it right exactly whether you eat the bamboo shoots or you use the leaves like I've at this point made medicine from every single part of the bamboo Um, the leaves are the easiest one very cool and you've got this cool looking plant in your yard at the same time so you still get the same benefits the guy with the kimlon has but you can eat it you're getting more oxygen you're creating habitat for the other animals in your community especially birds I get a ton of birds at this time of year yes. when they're migrating so you but get, that's what we want it's we a want nice little like, hiding place for them they love know? to nest in the bamboo because it is a good hiding yeah. space for Thick. them so yeah. you're you're getting more oxygen you're reducing noise you're cleaning your air you're cleaning your water Mm. Um, it actually, one of the things that I like to focus on is not only is it taking carbon out of the atmosphere and putting it back into the soil, but it's also taking, um, water that, you know, is degraded in different ways Mm. and cleaning it by putting it back Back up through the bamboo and then putting it back up into the air where it needs to be. So it's really like going filtration system. It's It's a filtration system going in both directions. That is really cool. And it changes the pH of your soil. So it makes it less acidic. Mm. Um, So it's doing a lot of things at the same time. Grasses in general will absolutely like, 
just really rapidly change the dynamic of a soil because they have such a massive root system and that root system is constantly composting. And so it's actually adding tons of organics back into the soil. And we've learned so much about how difficult that can be. Our friends in North Carolina bought a farm and started doing soil samples after they bought it. And you, Angie, you can probably remember the details Mm. better than I, but the reality was it was so bad from being, you know, processed and treated that I forgot what did they say it was going to take them seven years to get it back to. Yeah, it was something like, you know, there's billions of um, the good microbes in the soil and they had eight. Mm. And the sample like that you sent, eight. you know, they send you back <laughs> and usually it's, you know, you got millions or whatever in there and they had like eight because it was <laughs> so dead bad. soil. So it's things like that mm-hmm. that you can do to bring it back, you know, to treat the soil. And yeah, they yeah. were, yeah, they were telling us about like the different type of weeds, like these wild radishes and stuff. And you mm-hmm. don't want to pull those, like you want to keep those. Mm-hmm. So where most people would go to this place and be like, oh, it's very unkept looking. That's how you want it. Like you want it to not be all manicured because that's what's getting the soil healthy again. So we've learned some very interesting things from, yeah, but it from you who take care of the earth for Yeah, us. for sure. But it reminds me of that because where yeah. you might want to get rid of the bamboo, and I was guilty of that. I told you with my old house, yeah. it leaving it has so many benefits to the soil beyond just, you know, the medicinal benefits, but benefits to your soil as well. Um, so... I'll edit this out if you don't do this, but do you sell bamboo from your bamboo farm? Yes, I do. Oh, you do? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I do two things. One is I have this basically nutraceutical company that creates products from bamboo, and that's kind of my passion. And the other passion I have is actually creating spaces in people's yards for bamboo because what I feel like is your home – it's where you need to go to feel good. If you mm-hmm. go home and it doesn't feel like it's nurturing you, we have an issue. Yes, <laughs> like, of course. It's only know. taken us four years. But we got there. <laughs> right. And and especially these last couple of years, but I mean, all, all the time, like people go outside and they they have just, they didn't realize that they were avoiding it, but then it becomes like this thing that they just keep going around mm. and going around and they're not using their space that they're mm-hmm. in because it doesn't feel very good to them. And so, I can, I so understand this. Yeah. I so do. I have been in houses where even this one, where it doesn't feel, it feels very sterile. It doesn't feel like home Homey. and we're starting yeah. to really get that home vibe now. So right. yeah, I'd love to have you come out and look at our yeah. yard before if you've got a minute, yeah, because of course. we want to put some bamboo in. This was, yeah. we, this was like an accidental jackpot. Cause yeah. I didn't know. <laughs> yeah. This was a little surprise to him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and also like the, the big thing, like I said before, is like putting the right size in, yes. you know, yeah. it's really important because everything here grows fast and then knowing how to maintain it and sure. things like that so that you don't walk out because typically no plant grows overnight, no. but what happens is people walk out five years later and they're like, oh my gosh, like what happened so to my much. backyard? <laughs> it's, like, it's very It's a real forest. Like, yeah. What is going on right. here? So there's a, there's a lot of ways to kind of pre-plan that sure. before it gets to that point. Yeah. So yeah. Is, is, you mentioned earlier that all grasses have such a big root system that is bamboo a grass? Bamboo is a grass. Oh, it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I did not know that. And yeah. it's quite amazing just to see, you know, what it's used for. I mean, the stuff you, you know, can build with it even. Oh you know? yeah, like they they use it to build scaffolding with, and I mean, just 
it's crazy what you can do with it. You right. Know? So I run the uh, American Bamboo Society chapter here in Florida, and oh. we're actually, uh, um, actually, it's a, an organization that actually even is connected globally. But we have an, an American Bamboo Society that has chapters all over the United States that basically the the goal is to just educate people about bamboo and and to so that they know what to plant where and to connect people with all the amazing things that you yeah. can do with bamboo. And so here in Florida, what I do is every third Saturday and starting tomorrow, um, I'll have one. And every third Saturday, I have an event where we do a hands-on project. So it's something that you could do with your own bamboo and then you know, so that you know that you can use it and to really start to not only teach adults about it, but to start to teach kids. Like tomorrow we're doing a bee project and it's like you take the smaller pieces of bamboo and bundle them together. I'm sure you've probably seen a bee house. Like yeah. That. I it's, bought her one. It's, it's in a package. Yeah. Right. So it's room. for uh-huh. the solitary bees yeah. and solitary insects. And um, they're just really fun and easy to do. Right. Yeah. And you can make but it we out can of make it right out of something you grow. Out of, right. I love that you're encouraging people though to plant this in your yard or utilize what you have already you could just be like I just want to sell you my stuff but you're literally you know your goal is to just educate and get people to you know do this themselves and I love that absolutely so do you do a lot of you know um, discussions or lectures or anything like that schools or any any place like that um I will do, I've done some podcasts, I've done some YouTube, I've done um, different lectures here and there. So I'm always, I always say yes. Yeah. yeah. You, you won't say no to it if somebody's I say inviting yes. you. I used to have a few school groups come out from the Montessori schools and things like that. But yeah, I, I'm really big on yeah. education. It seems like a really... To be able to use yeah. so that people know how to use it and they're not afraid of it. That's yeah. a pa- your your true passion for it as well yeah. because like Angie said you could just say buy my stuff there and you're done. it works yeah mm. yeah I was gonna ask so besides um, the tea tell us some of the other products that you sell and what they're used for like how are they how would they benefit me so I like to do um, different extractions too it's one mm. of my favorite things what does um, that mean. Well, one of the extractions I do, so there's some simple extractions you can do where you take herbs and basically infuse them into oils and use that. And those oils are really super healing for the skin. Um, and you can mix and match different herbs in that too. Like bamboo can be a base of it, but could, you could also add in other herbs as well, right? Mm. And that becomes something that is very user friendly. You get really used to hydrating your skin. With, yeah. Um, diff- and there's so many different oils. I mean, we have so much available to us now it's crazy right you know sweet almond oil or you know uh, all those kind of different yeah yeah yeah, all that there's so many i never say it right jojoba is my way i say it like castor (laughs) oil for instance works really well with bamboo because it already helps to grow hair yeah so in the african-american community in the latino community they use a lot of oils on their hair and so partnering Mm -hmm. it with bamboo makes for like a hair growth formula which is really great very cool it's very nourishing to the scalp and to the hair itself. You know, it makes me wonder all the chemical pharmaceutical stuff that we all hate so much, but but we have to take sometimes. It makes me wonder if down at the root of what they're made of, it's all this same stuff, Mm. you know, plant, 
plant-based. Well, so well, it many... probably was plant-based and it has been altered. Yeah, you that's know what, what I mean. mean. Like the root, the root of it is mm-hmm. probably still these same things. Yeah, so many farmers. I was listening to a talk um, a few weeks ago on this gentleman. He So there's a product called Bamboo Vinegar. It's made, it's a little bit complicated. So when you make biochar, which is similar to a form of charcoal made by um, plant material, when you make it from bamboo, if you put a distillation machine on top of that, you can distill the smoke that comes out of it and that becomes bamboo or vinegar or you can make Mm. a wood vinegar and they're doing a lot of studies right now on that particular extract and all the like anti-cancer anti-tumor benefits of it because amazing i believe it a lot of flavonoids in um, bamboo that are anti-cancer and anti-tumor it's just that they're again really locked down so to get them into your system that's where the pharmaceutical companies start coming in and they look at like the traditional products processes of what's been done to extract it because with bamboo you know with any herb how you extract it is what you get from it Mm -hmm. so like silica for instance is water soluble it's super easy you just take the leaves put them in water boil them you're done and and that's it and you're getting the highest amount of silica that you can get from any extraction if you take those leaves and put them in alcohol you're no longer getting very much silica but you're getting other things Mm. so how you extract the bamboo is really important too or any other plant for that matter once you extract something from it like the silica you can't use it then and treat that bamboo a different way to extract the other thing out of it can you is it sure Oh, you can. Sure, absolutely. Oh, wow. Because, for instance, if you're making a tea and you're taking... Now, tea is hot, so you're getting a little bit of the fat-soluble elements, but you're getting all of the water-soluble elements. But say then you then took that and put that into a fat, like an oil, Mm -hmm. you know, after you dried it, now you can extract the rest of the oil-soluble elements, you know, the fat-soluble elements into that oil. So, yes, So you can just keep extracting everything until there's nothing left, really. To a certain extent, right. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, one of my favorite ways to extract is actually, um, it's called a distillation machine. It's the machine used to make like essential oils. Mm -hmm. They're in that process, you also make something called a hydrosol and hydrosols are my absolute favorite. Other than teas, they're my absolute favorite extraction because they're safe for all ages. They get almost all of the water soluble and the fat soluble Mm. elements. You don't have to have a lot of plant material in order to get a water, you know, in order to get this, they're called hydrolytes or, um, uh, they look like a clear water basically. And what I do when I make mine is I leave all the essential oils in. Now, some plants have a lot of essential oils, like lemongrass, for instance. Mm. Bamboo is a drier plant, mm-hmm. so it doesn't have as much essential oils. And so you're not really seeing it, but it's still in there. There's still yeah, some in there. Of course. And that product is absolutely phenomenal. So, And it, what do you use that product for? Um, skin, skin, often. You mm. can take it internally, and you're getting all the silica mm-hmm. and things like that from it. Um, I love to use it externally. Hydrosols are typically around a 5.5 pH, so they're balancing that pH of your skin, which is putting it back to that layer of protection because that's your first layer of yeah. protection. 
yeah. protection mm-hmm. between you and the rest and of the, the elements, world. Yeah. Right. And you want it to be a 5.5, somewhere in that range, because if it becomes more alkaline, which it typically does when you're using soap, mm-hmm. is that now you have, um, you opened yourself up to being able to have other things penetrate you. Right. That's your first mantle. Yeah. So skin is a big one. Um, like I use rose water for my face. That's a hydrosol. That's a hydrosol. It'll reduce bamboo, um, will reduce sunburn like overnight, like by 80%. Wow. Yeah. I wonder why it's not more uh, widely marketed for that. I don't know. <laughs> She's like, I'm trying. I don't I'm know. one person. I'm the only person making hydrosol from bamboo at this point in the world <laughs> that I know of. Wow. And I just absolutely love it. Yeah. Like, wow. It works for so many things. It's an, it's a, just an immediate food for your hair. It's an immediate food for your skin because it's something that your skin just soaks right up. So hydrosols in general are just a very bioavailable, safe form. Yeah. So they're not unlike essential oils that are so concentrated. Yeah. Which not, yeah. Yeah. Which that word volatile, right? Right. Because right. it can exactly. be very you know, one drop of lavender in your house, that's all you need because right. you can get sick if you have too much of it. Like, you can develop allergies yeah. and things like yeah, that. And the cool thing about hydrosols is they, um, so an essential oil, once you make it, it stays like that, but it actually starts to degrade. Yeah. So it's at its peak when you first make it and then it degrades after so that. So when it's sitting on the shelves for years and years and years, right. it doesn't have Hydrosols are alive. They oh, are. They that's change. an interesting way to look they at it. They are constantly changing. The chemical compounds in them are constantly rearranging. They never actually sit at a final stage, and it's that part of it is absolutely fascinating because that's it's neat. a live yeah. product that's constantly moving. And so, what happens is when you first make a hydrosol, for instance, one of the ways to tell is that it doesn't have a real strong scent at the mm-hmm. beginning. Like if you make a rose hydrosol at the beginning, you can't really smell the rose. If you wait about three weeks, bam, it pops and you wow. start to smell exactly like a rose. And there's something absolutely fascinating about that. That is. But, but for clarity, is it better for you after it's aged or better for you when it's new? I like them when they're older. Yeah. Okay. Really? Mm. Although, you know, that's a great question because they are alive. They're going to have different things at the beginning than they are in, six weeks yeah. in than they yeah. are two years later. Right. Right. It always yeah. made me wonder is we don't enjoy them as much maybe because you can't smell it or mm, whatever when it's new, factor. but maybe you're getting more out of it than, you know, I don't know, but it's fascinating. And it's often why a lot of um, herbal practitioners love hydrosols because they have more of this living element to them. And so much of what's available in the marketplace right now, as far as like um, herbal medicines, it's... it's all dead. Mm. It's, yeah, there's nothing say, mass produced and it. then it just, I'm yeah. Not, I, I'm certainly not in any way against herbal medicine. I know, and you know, Angie, um, is a, uh, uh, health and wellness, health coach. And wellness coach and, and she's got her degree in alternative medicine. So I learned so much when she was going through it, but in my own experience, even since you and I've been together, Angie, you know, I've gone to people that have given me the herbs and they didn't do anything like nothing. So I, so I have a lot of respect for your opinion when I hear you right away, Shanti, say so much of the, at the beginning of the interview, you said something about that. So much of this stuff doesn't work because if you don't know any better, it would make you think that herbal stuff doesn't work at all. Uh, Exactly. And, you know, you get a powder 
or a pill in a jar that has been around for five years and mm-hmm, it's, it's right. been dead forever. It's like and trying to use a spice. Yeah. Some things don't take that long. Now spices, yeah. like for instance, cinnamon, you can hold on to the essence of cinnamon for a long time. Well, that one, but there's right. other spices. But that, yeah. lemongrass and noni are really good. Like noni is a really powerful medicine. Yep. Mm-hmm. You cannot buy that. You yeah. can't buy it because noni is one of the, and I'm one of the few people who absolutely love noni. Yeah. But noni is one of these the things. The taste of noni oh is, uh, <laughs> it's Ooh, like somewhere between a- the worst food odor and the worst rotten cheese ever. <laughs> and I love rotten cheese. It's great. But something about drinking this liquid, you're like, this is not supposed to taste like this. No. It's not, but it's, why it's amazing it's so for you. good for you. Why isn't it for sale? Because it doesn't stay, stay It's for good? sale. It's, it's for, I've tried every product yep. on the market and I can tell you, you could eat 10 pounds of it and it's it doesn't it's, work no, you have to have it fresh that's what yeah. i meant yeah so you, that's you why it's not for sale in, in right. bulk i see yeah. and lemongrass is very similar yeah. it dissipates because it's the volatility right mm-hmm. so the volatility dissipates the magic of the plant i mean you could you do yeah. your whole chemical constituents and stuff that's leaving it but it leaves it rapidly yeah so i'd much rather see somebody go pick bamboo off their you know tree in their in their yeah, yard sure. or down the street or Biden's Alba for that matter that's growing in the you know in their driveway or, yeah. or something like that and make tea from that than spending money on something that's been sitting in a warehouse shipped in 110 degree heat. Yeah and you don't know where it was. It doesn't work yeah. at all. And, the temperature and fluctuations like, yeah. and everything and right. moisture got on it you just you have no idea. Right. So you also sell like a supplement. Um, that's yeah. a, you know, a, pa- a capsule. What is in that? Like it's it, just the leaves. So you it's just powderized oh, leaf. Okay. Yeah. So that's really, um, I like to look at that more of like the best way to get all the minerals, um, because the minerals are all locked in there, but mm-hmm. taking it in the powderized form is probably the best way to get the whole spectrum of the minerals. And is that one of those things too, that has to, that has a shelf life you got to pay attention to well, well everything i make is small batch and oh, okay yeah, i'm good. really you know i'm I, I make it and then i sell it and so I, i'm just a very small company yeah. making yeah. small amounts most of the stuff out there that's for sales all imported sure. i wouldn't touch that with a 10 foot yeah. yeah first of all you don't know that it's bamboo yeah. yeah, and once you put anything powderized into a capsule, you have no idea what, what it is. is. So and you I, better uh, trust the I'm person who's you, selling it. From yeah. my experience, I would only get it from someone in a small business in small batch because yeah. I, I mean, Angie can vouch for me here, but I probably spent four to five hundred dollars on oh, Chinese supplements, on Chinese herbs and things, yeah. and they didn't. Yeah. None of them worked at all. I still right. have half a bottle of that stuff and I know should throw it well, out. Well, it was only a few years ago that the um they had that huge lawsuit in New Jersey and New York where it was they took the Target, Walmart, GNC, you're going to the aloe? W- well, no, the supplements. Okay. And there wasn't a small percentage of what was supposed to be in there. There was zero percent. So So it's like, what even is it that you, you could have been doing more. It was harm. Yeah. There was a similar, luckily it wasn't. There was a similar thing with aloe. Uh, That's what I thought you were going to say. Cause they did the same thing. They tested the the aloe gel and there's no aloe in it. No, there's no aloe in there. Right. But it should be illegal, right? Of course. But that's a lot of testing. Yeah, yeah, a lot course. of testing. I watched a document. Remember the documentary I watched about like the food 
uh, it was about like people faking different foods and like honey was one of the things. Honey's a big one. A sugar big water. one. Sugar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Basically sugar water. So there's, you know, people that go around and test it to make sure that there's really one guy honey. in all of the United <laughs> States in charge of testing honey. Yeah. So how I is understand. that going to so happen? Accurate. Hey, is I, it? He yeah. have time to test. All so that guys, oh my gosh. you buy honey from your local farms That's because exactly they, right. you know, like uh King Grove, they have, beehives yeah. there they sell honey and it is amazing yes it is you can taste you know the difference like if you if yeah. you love honey you taste it you it's, you can tell the difference and it's actually better for you isn't it if you get it in the area that you live in yeah generally mm-hmm. for allergies of course. And yeah real quick question just out of curiosity you guys mentioned very briefly about pets what what is pet care related stuff that you do with your yeah. products it, are you making food for pets or so all of the medicinal products can be used for pets. I hesitate to talk about cats too much because they're so different. Uh, they're sensitive. Um, they're very, very sensitive. <laughs> However, cats will defoliate a bamboo. And I had bamboos originally that came from, I had a few that came from the tiger containment in Animal Kingdom and they had all the cat scratches on it, which is pretty fun. Oh, oh. Cool. Um, but they'll eat the leaves. I usually oh. like to give them the choice of being able to do it, but I can't tell you how many times I've sold somebody a bamboo and they're like, my cat's defoliated. <laughs> is it still going to grow? So there has to be something in there that they're craving or yeah. wanting. Yeah. They eat grass. Yeah. And they'll eat grass too. Oh, that's true. Right. Yeah. So, but a dog... Um, really works well with all the same things that we're talking about. So using it as mm. a powder, using it oh. as a hydrosol, using it as a tea. And and for most people, you know, just make the tea and give it to your dog. Your dog will drink it. Oh, I bet. And it's mm. going to help with hip dysplasia. It's going to help with anything arthritis, with joint issues, connective tissues. We're going to start our puppy off right when we right. get it. Yeah. And you'll be able to, you'll know that it's working because you'll see the difference in their coat. The yeah. coat will show you usually skin and, you know, the quality of your hair and the yeah. quality of your skin is an indication of, of things going on internally. Inside and you. that's the same thing for a dog. Now, as far as like hoof stock, um, bamboo has about 13% protein. It's an amazing uh, forage for animals. So it's not a high protein like they would yeah. to like bulk up an animal, but actually horses, um, in particular are supposed to be eating like a lower protein because they're supposed to be eating longer because mm-hmm. it actually keeps them busy. They're a very nervous animal. Yes. And my mom so, has two of them. <laughs> right. So animals, you know, hoofstock tend to be very like nervous. And one of the ways they comfort themselves is by eating. And so if you give them just a little bit of food where they can only eat for a little bit, they tend to mm-hmm. have other issues like cribbing and stuff like yeah. that, you know? And so one of the ways is to give them access to bamboo, which is mm-hmm. a lower protein <gasps> I need to. So you could literally like just plant bamboo out where they... Well, you what have you to need? get it started okay. because the they thing. will eat unless they have access to a lot of other things. Okay. Animals often, well, first of all, they love bamboo because it's sweet. Sugar, mm. it's right. got a lot of sugars in it. I need to tell my mom this. Yeah. To plant so, some. Yeah. Right. But I mean, uh, goats, sheep, horses, cows, all of those things. So you, like you probably have to plant it, get it, you know, healthy and hardy. You got to let it enough. get going yeah. so that, because what they'll do is, um, I had one customer and 
if they could get to the leaves, uh, they'd pull the comb down and then oh. they'd step on it and then they'd eat all the, the leaves whole. off and then it would bounce back up. You know? Oh, nice. <laughs> but yesterday I was walking around my farm and I see this squirrel dragging something. I'm like, what in the world? And he had taken a bamboo shoot actually, which is kind of unusual. I don't have a lot of things that eat shoots, but this was a runner. Uh-huh. And he was carrying this like foot long bamboo shoot, like just real struggling with it because it was obviously like three times the length yeah. of him. But he was gnawing on it as he went. He wow. was like holding it up and gnawing on it. And that oh, was the first time I saw that. That is pretty cool. Yeah, it was it was when cute. you see one squirrel among all the others with a luxurious coat, you'll know. Right. <laughs> That's him. That's the one. He he buried that, hit it. Yeah. That's well, so Shanti, funny. this has been very educational and really so cool. You know, just really interesting. Um, where can where and how can people find you? So I have a website www.bambooleaftea.com. Um, I post a lot on Instagram under Bamboo Leaf Tea, which also goes to Facebook. And I have on my plant section, I have this Bamboo Life um, that really emphasizes more about the privacy and and planting. But Mm. Bamboo Leaf Tea has a lot. I really love to get into like all the different parts and pieces and really try and get people to do it for themselves, really, you know, to empower people, because I really think it's important for people to know that, you know, this is accessible to everybody as it should be. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's crazy just to, I did, I can't believe I didn't know this about bamboo, but now I do. And things are going to change around here. I didn't know (laughs) hardly any of that about it. So yeah, we were already excited to get some in the backyard, but now we know we can do so much more with it than just put it there. I know. And especially to know that, you know, we are going to start adding edibles in our backyard. So to know that we can just go out there and grab that. That's going to be pretty cool. And yeah. we can give it to the dog. We're getting ready and, to get a puppy. Yeah. Aww. And we can give it to the dog. Yeah. Yeah. Well, once again, thank you so much for coming and joining us in the studio. We're excited to come and actually check out the farm. Oh, absolutely. We will do that. Maybe yes, when we get please. back from our honeymoon. Sounds amazing. We'll check it out. And guys, stay tuned because we're going to take a short break and we will be right back with you. And welcome back to episode 110 of the It's All Fine and Danji podcast. What a cool interview with Shanti Pierce. That really was. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I am, you know how I said that I didn't want to go on the website and look up a ton of information beforehand, just enough to kind of see what kind of questions I would want to ask because that was a lot of cool information about bamboo. It It totally was. And I'll be honest with you, totally honest, like I always am here. When Angie first told me that we're doing an episode about bamboo tea, I was like, "How? I know we're promoting so you know local business. That's great, but should we just do like a a spot for that instead of a whole interview? Like, what what is there to learn?" And wow, did not only did we learn so much, but we sat and talked to Shanti for like an hour and a yeah. half after the interview. Um, she was so cool and so knowledgeable, uh, and there's so much to know about that. So many uses. I could go on and on, but. As usual, I was blown away. I know. And I just love that um, her, like so many of the other farmers and people that are, you know, really dedicated to kind of, you know, helping 
this planet that we live on, they're all about teaching and educating other people of howing, howing to do this, how to do this in yeah. their own backyard. They just came up with a new word, people. Howing. Howing. But yeah, it was not, it was just the, um, it wasn't just the tea, which is super interesting to me, but it was the ability to take the leaves and the way that you can extract different things out of them with different benefits by different extractive, you know, I don't want to revisit the entire interview. You like but it the just, science behind the it. The science behind you? it blew me away. And yeah. then, you know, and she, this was predominantly really to promote her tea because it's medicinal, it tastes good, it's mm-hmm. it, it, it's amazing all around. Um, so we're deaf. We already have some, honestly. Yeah. We, we tried it well, before we met her. I actually have the um, the blueberry one. Th- how I discovered her was through Hugh and Lisa, yes. like we said. And she actually takes the, the blueberry uh, bush leaves yep. and she turns them into a tea for them. Yeah. And so I got the tea from them. And that's what I'm having right now, actually, with their honey that I get from the farm. Oh, nice. And it is amazing. Now, does that tea have bamboo in it as well? I'm not sure because I, I think it's just the, um, the blueberry. blueberry leaves. But okay, so I remember re- that Shanti said she'll turn anything into tea. So yeah. I love that. Yeah, I do too. But I really do want to try yeah. her bamboo tea. This as does well. this tea does have um, freeze dried their organic blueberries in it as well. Though. Oh, very nice. Very so nice. it does have that. But yes, we will get some of the bamboo tea for sure because, um, like she said, you can use it as a rinse on your hair, on your skin, and it helps with the collagen development. Like as you're getting older, your skin doesn't. Keep the tea, pl- you can do that yes. with? Yes, yes. Oh, I thought it was a different extraction from the bamboo. Yeah. But well, it might be. I don't know. But wow. you could actually put the tea right on there, too, because it brings out the silica, she said. And that's really good for your hair growth, your nail growth, Oh, your that's skin. amazing. So, yeah, I'm I'm ready to grab some of that supplements and stuff. Mm, and me, too. In the house. <laughs> and Shanti is so knowledgeable about bamboo in general. We went out in our yeah. backyard. We are gonna, we're going to buy like a little row of bamboo from her, which honestly we didn't even have planned until we talked to her. So Yeah, because that's something that she does. She yeah. visits people's homes and she actually, she's like a landscaper with yep. bamboo where she will come and get this put in your yard and tell you how to take care of it and get it to the the you know, growth rate that you want and everything like that. So lots of knowledge. There. No doubt. So no that. doubt. And really, you know, without getting into it, even beyond the bamboo, even beyond the bamboo trees and the bamboo tea, we just started chatting just about life. Yeah. And Shanti is a, she is incredibly intelligent and had such a good perspective on so many things. I had yeah. so much fun talking to her. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, really we was. could have talked for three more hours. And we really could for <laughs> sure. But while Angie mentioned it, I did want to take another minute to plug King Grove Organic Farm. We'll put a link in the show notes, but Hugh and Lisa were on the show. Oh, geez, maybe a year ago. We've made friends with them now. We've been out there many times to we get the blueberries. We just picked up blueberries today. Today, <laughs> today we did. So I wanted to let you know, if you go to their website, link in the show notes, uh, you can order blueberries online and they have like a drive-through set up. Well, they'll bring it right to your window. They are organic. They are delicious. It is yeah. blueberry season. And uh, I, we can't get enough of them. They, they sell out like every yep. weekend they're sold out. And blueberry season only goes through like June. Yep. So... It's now is the time to get them and freeze them. What did, season? Did I say blueberry or yes, strawberry? Yes, you did. I was just teasing you. <laughs> <laughs> I always say strawberry instead of blueberry. <laughs> anyway, like I brought, um, you know, two boxes home and they're five pound boxes. And I freeze, um, did my little vacuum sealer bag. Yep. And did like, you know, two cups in each bag and froze about you know 15 bags and sure. then we'll have fresh blueberries for the next couple of weeks because they'll stay in your fridge oh yeah for a 
while. I I'll mean, be munching on them. They don't go bad like the ones from the store, which is weird. You yeah. know? Um, yeah, they're not they're processed. the right way. That's right. <laughs> yep. And uh, if you're interested in more about true organic and true, the difference between like uh, labeled organic and true organic, yes. we'll put a link in the show notes to our interview with you and Lisa as well, because they yeah. taught us so much about how the label organic has kind of been manipulated a little bit, mm-hmm. maybe a lot. And there is a real organic project that's been put in place for things that are actually organic and they're not trying to yeah. slip through a loophole. And it's kind of important, you know, yeah. if you really want to eat clean. And if clean. you want to support the local farmers that are really trying to do things right, you know, that's that's really important as well. So, yeah. But guys, we appreciate you each and every time that you tune in. Dan has yes, one more thing. Yes, we do. Actually, the whole, I got a few things I want to mention. Oh, okay. Um, I also wanted to mention that if the day that you're hearing this, or the day after, I guess, if it comes out on Monday, Angie and I will be married. We actually got married, or will get married on the 23rd. We're recording this early because, of course, we're not going to post it on our wedding day. We'll be busy. Mm-hmm. But um, so just a fun thing to mention there is, you know, if you're listening to this on the day it comes out, this is either our wedding day or the day after we got married. Yes, sir. We, we spent the weekend in Winter Garden, a lot of our favorite places down there. And, uh, you know, it's a... Uh, it, it's a place that we went every year and have gone every year, even prior to this. The past four years. The past yeah. four Except years. Except for last year during COVID. That's right. Messed us up. And uh, we can't say enough good things about Winter Garden. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to be out there for a few days and then we're going to turn around and head straight out to North Carolina. To for our other our, favorite place. For our honeymoon. <laughs> That's right. So very exciting. Yeah. So super exciting stuff. But we just, we appreciate that you guys tune in. You, um, you keep us looking forward to adding new guests every week to bring you some new local businesses. Who knows? Maybe we're in North Carolina. We'll get to interview somebody up there. I don't know. We're always looking for an opportunity. Um, And even though it's not local, we always know that we're always trying to, you know, look for small businesses to support. So that is... It's local to them. Yeah. That's what we're we're hunting, always on the hunt for. And remember that we're going to have our new YouTube channel that we'll be launching We're going to keep saying this every week. Until we do it. Until we do it. But like Dan said, we want to have like five complete videos videos, and they take time to edit and make nice and give you all the information about things to do while you're in town. So we're excited for that. And not to plug this too much, but I'm also in the middle of, I I am 50% complete now, a little over 50% complete with my... uh, Pilot's license for unmanned aircrafts for drones. And so I'd like to do some sort of, uh, there's some work I'll be doing with that. So a little more information on that coming up. If you are a realtor or you own your own business or you have anything, a wedding or whatever that you'd like to get some cool drone footage of, once I have gotten my license, I'll post some information on our website. I'll also put some links in the show notes so you can reach out to me. And I can come out and get some we, cool. We even came oh. up with a business name for it. Oh, we did flying fox shots. Flying right. fox shot. Flying fox shots. <laughs> flying fox shots. <laughs> Just yeah. don't say it fast, everybody. That's and right. You can get it out correctly. Yeah. So I bought the domain. I'll be setting up a website for that. But I'm really excited to 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 get some experience to build my portfolio and also to show those of you that may not realize just how nice really high resolution 4k aerial footage of your business or your event could Mm be uh the first time i started getting some of the stuff of our events i was blown away it's so cool yeah it's gonna be cool to take it to north carolina oh it really is it really is so exciting i know i also want to remind you guys if you enjoy the podcast please give us a rating or a review even better yet if you love it subscribe 
You can call us if you want to be a guest on the show or if you have an idea for a guest on the show at 407-490-3899. Soon, we will be broadcasting a video, well, not broadcasting, but posting a video of all of our interviews again like we used to. We got the new studio set up. Camera's ready. Little busy with the wedding almost here, but when we get back, we'll officially start doing those videos. So those of you that like to watch interviews instead yeah. of just listen to them, you'll be able to do that on I our YouTube. I think a lot of people do like that. They yeah. do. They do. We built this whole new studio too. Yeah, so. we have to. And remember, you can always reach out to us via email. We're at feedback at findandangie.com. And social all, media. Yeah, I was going to say all social media, fine and dandy. But funny thing is, when the kitchen killers were here a couple weeks ago, I might have had a beer too. <laughs> and I kept saying during their live Facebook broadcast, you can find us at it's all fine and well, you can now. <laughs> you so can now. now you can go to fineanddangy.com or it's all fineanddangy.com. Oh. And either way, you can find us there. All social media, as Angie said, is fine and dangy. And that is spelled D A N J E E because Angie's name is A N J E E. I'm, I'm, I'm fancy. Fancy, Angie. Kind of like how I say um, charcuterie. Charcuterie. I can't even say it. Charcuterie boards by Angie, nice. as Billy Floyd would say. <laughs> Well, well, He's trying to get me a new business. Though. I know. You might want to do that. I mean, <laughs> just because of the fanciness of it. And guys, we want to ask you, what are you doing to make a difference in your neck of the woods? Oh, like how I pulled that out? Anyway. What? Neck of the woods? Neck of the woods. <laughs> um, no. How are you helping in your community? Helping doesn't have to be big. It doesn't have to be something major. It can be something small. So just ask yourself each and every day, what am I doing to make a difference? Or how can I help more people? That's right. And as we say at the end of every show, at the end of the day, it's, it's all fine and dandy. That is some cool information, man.